and now I am getting somewhere. Uh, when I go home, go to work, meet people, and then uh, there will be uh, situations. Uh, I have uh, enough problems in the past, and I thought when I come here, uh, my mind would be settled, and then go home and face situation. Perhaps they may not be. Uh, they are, uh, the problem may be uh, even worse and so forth about the future. So, <coughs> Buddha has given beautiful advice and this advice is uh, very uh, normal. Uh, not even the Buddha has to give this advice. It's very uh, common sense advice, that is, don't think of the past. Past is gone. What is gone you cannot pull back even with the bulldozer. Once it is gone, it is gone. And what is not come, that is the future, is not come. It is it will be in the, something in the future. So neither think of the past nor of the future, but focus on the present. And what to, when you focus your mind on the present, you will be worrying less, because the present is all you have. So you can handle what is happening in the present. That is exactly what we have. One day a certain deity came and asked the Buddha, your monastics, they are living in forest. Their appearance is very shiny, beautiful, eat only one meal a day, and they don't have too many things, but they are shiny. What is the secret? Then the Buddha gave this answer, same answer, that is, they don't worry about the past, nor do they ponder over the future. They are content with the present. They stay in the present. Perhaps sometimes people might wonder, uh, this answer may not be applicable to today's society because we have to plan everything, plan for the whole year make a schedule and uh, Monday I do such and such and finish and Tuesday I have this much, finish, Wednesday this much and so forth. People have everything scheduled and therefore they have to think of far ahead of the future. That is uh, what people think. Of course, once you made the schedule, it's okay. 
leave it there. You can follow the schedule if you do what you are supposed to do today. Anyway, this is how people worry. They, they, worry, they, they become restless. When they become restless, they begin to worry about it. So, uh, the symptoms, of course, is uh, monkey mind, jumping from object to object, uh, one job to another, past to future, and completely bypass the present. This is very interesting. When we worry, we bypass the present. We jump from past to future. And that is uh, the, that's what's called monkey mind. So, nutrients to make it even uh, happen is, uh, I guess you know, the nutrient. The same for all hindrances. Unmindful reflection or careless attention. This is the, this is the nourishment. So long as we have careless attention, this is going to be worse. You keep worrying and worrying and worrying. Such a state of mind is uh, compared to a slave. That means you may not have a human slave, another person, but you are slave to your own mental state, your habit, your work, your job. You work very, very hard. You have not uh, decided to have a restful state of mind, you are slave to your habit, greed, worry, desire, and so forth. So you are always thinking about it. That is uh, restlessness and worry. Then, solution. I mentioned there are uh, four steps. First is the problem, second is the symptom, third is the nourishment, fourth is the solution. For each hindrance we have these four stages. First we must identify the problem, second we must recognize the symptoms, diagnose it, and then the third is the uh, way how we, how we make it worse, that is the nourishment, food for hindrances, this food for, just like we have food for the body, we also have food for hindrances, and the fourth is the solution. What is the solution? This solution is very uh, simple. 
But uh, practical, some people use it and they have seen the benefit, the result. Always try to come to the present moment through the breath. Your breath is going on all the time and try to bring the mind back to the present moment. And I recommended several times uh, counting. Uh, I said, even this morning I mentioned to a group that uh, you count, you breathe in, breathe out, count one. And again breathe in, breathe out, count two. Breathe in, breathe out, count three. And you go on up to ten then stop there and then count down from ten to one. Breathe in, breathe out ten, breathe in, breathe out nine and so on. Come to one. Second time go from one to nine uh, and nine to one. Then one to eight, eight to one, one to seven, seven to one, one to six, six to one. 1 to 5, 4, 5 to 1, 1 to 4, 4 to 1, 1 to 3, 3 to 1, 1 to 2, 2 to 1. Because you have to be very uh, mindful and not to go beyond 10 and always stop at 10 and then second time go to 9. Sometimes when you are not mindful, not attentive, you uh, go beyond ten, even the second time, perhaps third time. And therefore you've got to be very mindful not to go beyond ten, second time beyond nine and so on. Then one of these times when you go back and forth, your mind starts wandering again. Then you remember when the mind started wandering, where were you in counting? Then you remember you were at eight. Mind start wandering. Then you come back to eight. When you come to eight, you wonder whether you go from eight to nine or eight to seven, because you get a little dizzy and confused. Then you think and think and think because you got confused, you cannot remember. Then start all over again and repeat it. When you repeat several times, what happens? This is the way to trick the mind. When mind get tricked and mind get tired and stop wandering and stay on the breath. This is very effective way of stopping wandering mind. Then you back to your original subject, that is the breath. Remember I mentioned many times, breath is the consistent, ongoing, one object you will not miss because it is always there whether you are aware of it or not. Now that is the solution. Now, the last hindrance. 
I put the last hindrance, which in fact in the list uh, normally is the second. Uh, greed, anger, sleepiness and drowsiness, restlessness and worry and doubt, this is the list. This is the way it is always given. But I put the this hindrance uh, last in my explanation uh, for very good reason. That is, when we practice jhana meditation or concentration meditation, the stepping stone to meditate, the concentration or jhana, or the precursor to jhana, is metta. I repeated it several times. And therefore, in order to come to metta meditation as uh, an essential part of jhana meditation, I put this as last. This is called anger or ill will. I would like to say when the will is ill, you have ill will. That means you are not having wholesome state of mind. You are not very benevolent state of mind. It begins with little irritation, <coughs> annoyance at certain things with certain people, you get little uh, annoyed for little, little things. If you don't deal with the annoyance, uh, irritation uh, at the moment it arises, this is where we need mindfulness. When we are not <coughs> mindful, we allow this to grow. It is like when we clean a room, we clean and clean. After sometimes we find huge pile of dust or dirt in corners, which we ignore. Normally when we clean, we don't bother about cleaning the corners. So one day you find large pile of dust. Why? You kept, went on ignoring it. Similarly, when this irritation or annoyance arises, we just ignore this little irritation, don't have to worry about it. So you ignore it. Then irritation becomes intolerable. Then you build up certain degree of content. Seeing such a situation or person day in, day out, this intolerance, uh, this uh, 
content grows. You don't deal with that. You let it happen. And then it turns into anger. If you don't deal with the anger, then it turns out to be grudge, hatred. So, so the mind is always filled with hatred. So the words you utter after that would be very bitter, unpleasant. You cannot have a discussion because you always think that the other person is wrong, uh, mean, uh, always doing something to hurt you and so forth. Uh, you cannot even have a discussion because you have built up your anger. Anger is like fire. Uh, in the uh, in discourses, in the Buddha's discourses, it always uh, compared to fire or boiling water. And also there is a very uh, powerful simile uh, that is, suppose there is a uh, little uh, piece of wood you pick up from a charnel ground. This wood, both ends of the wood is burnt because it was used it, it has put into the funeral pile and both ends were burned and both ends turned to uh, charcoal and you cannot hold them, hold it in either end because it, get, it makes your hand dirty. But the middle, you cannot hold the middle because the middle is smeared with dirt, excrement. So you cannot hold it in the stick from by either end or by the middle. Both ends are burnt and turn into dark coal, and the middle is smeared with dirt. So what do you do? What would you do? You avoid it. You bypass it. Close your doors. Look away. Don't want to deal with it at all. So angry person is dealt with in the society just like that. People don't want to deal with that person. They don't like to be getting into unpleasant conversations, unpleasant discussions. They try to avoid the person. That is the state of mind of a person who always gets upset, angry, full of grudge and resentment. So that is not a very pleasant situation. And we don't want to get into that situation. Therefore, when 
anger, little annoyance, irritation, dislike, little resentment and contempt arises, we deal with them as they arise then and there, without waiting, without letting it grow to an unmanageable state. So, that person, the symptoms of that person's that anger is uh, unkindness. The person utters unkind words, does things in unkind way, and behave aggressively without caring for the other person's feelings, say things in such a nasty way, the words can go through other person's marrow. Sometimes words may be not uh, apparently harsh, but there's an innuendo, implications, the the the, in, the the word has such a uh, bitter uh, meaning that, that that can stay in the mind, the listener's mind, for long period of time. Indirectly, the person hurts others. So these are the symptoms. Nutriments is associating with wrong people, not having mindful reflection, not listening to true dhamma, good dhamma. These are the uh, nourishments. When we do not listen to right dhamma, do not associate with the right people, what you call sappurisa. Sappurisa is the very good Pali word, meaning one who knows the truth. One who knows the truth, a person who always stays with the truth, understands the truth, knows the truth, is called Sappurisa. Sappurisa would not mislead you, misguide you, give wrong advice, that person always gives you good advice. But sappurisa, one who does not have these qualities, is wrong person to associate. And they are sometimes called in Buddha's teaching fools, bala. So Buddha said, don't associate with such people, bala, fools, who makes you angry. You are already angry and they support you, nourish your anger, justify it and so forth. 
in the in buddhist tradition there is no just anger some people have very nice euphemistic term for this to justify their anger they say there is a just anger it is not just anger you don't like certain injustice that is said normal everybody is nobody actually any right minded person likes injustice so it is not a grudge or anger but you don't tolerate injustice so we have to do something about it that's okay do something without making yourself ridiculous silly but using our uh, wisdom understanding intelligence we do something that's okay so we don't try to justify grudge or hatred that's what i want to mention so another simile buddha gave to illustrate this state of mind is being sick when you are sick your taste buds are affected and you cannot taste any food no matter how delicious gourmet food it may be you may not taste this good any food is tasteless similarly person full of anger hatred does not tolerate anybody everybody is distasteful to the person person doesn't like anyone any situation any dhamma so keeps building up hatred these are the situations uh, that eventually build up when we don't deal with anger as it arises now solution now especially during meditation i these solutions are mostly uh, for uh, meditators during meditation they try to keep these solutions in mind after that after meditation session that after that period they also can keep them in mind to use in a difficult situations when one gets uh, to uh, and and when anger arises now number 1 catch anger as it arises at the very outset catch it uh meaning this is why we have to pay attention to our state of mind all the time as it arises as soon as it is it, it is arisen we become fully aware of anger and isolated don't think of the person 
think of the situation uh, and try to justify it. Just understand mindfully this is anger. How you know it? You become very uncomfortable. You don't feel uh, pleasant, peaceful. It hurts you, your mind. Uh, you cannot focus your mind on on your object because it keeps bothering you all the time. So you isolate it and deal with it mindfully to let it go. So that is number one. First, identify it, isolate it, and uh, deal with it as quickly as possible. Then next is talk to yourself, uh, not very loudly. This is where we recommend verbalizing. Talking to yourself, uh, you talk not to justify the anger, but to see the danger, disadvantage of anger. You say to yourself, I am trying to calm my mind, I am trying to relax, I am trying to be peaceful, I am trying to be a happy person. This anger works against all this. I don't want to let it grow, develop. So when you talk to yourself, you slowly begin to see uh, you become, you come to a sort of senses. Uh, you try to, uh, you can understand uh, how slowly you, your anger slowly becoming weak. Then it will be very easy, once it is weak, it is very easy to forget and let it go, disappear. Then, I would suggest also to this very wonderful for people who have faith and trust in the Buddha. Uh, think of the Buddha, pay homage to the Buddha, respect the Buddha, the one who had not been angry with any living beings human and animal. Even his bitterest enemy who tried to kill him, his enemy, Buddha did not have enemy, but others were uh, his enemy. They became enemies uh, of the Buddha. One was called Devadatta. He tried many, many, many things to destroy and even kill the Buddha. He planned, plotted, and tried various things to kill the Buddha. Even with him, Buddha did not have anger. Even for him, Buddha had very, very compassionate, loving, 
friendly attitude. So, therefore, we think of the qualities of the Buddha. Sometimes people might think, well, since he is Buddha, he was able to do it, but we are not Buddhas. We are just ordinary people. Therefore, it is all right for us to get angry. But we must remember at the same time, he did not become Buddha all overnight, all of a sudden, overnight. He was very much like us. He went on practicing, 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 practicing until he became Buddha. And during his practice, that is what he did. He let go of anger. And then he came to perfection by doing what he was supposed to do, he attained the perfections. Similarly, if we want to get rid of it, don't wait until you become Buddha, until you become Arahant. Some people say, only when you attain never eternal stage, your anger will disappear. Friends, there is no magic at the attainment or never return a stage, magically your anger evaporates. It doesn't happen. You keep practicing, 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 practicing. When it disappears, you become an agami, never returner. When the anger disappears, you become never returner. Not the other way around. Other way around is putting uh, card before the horse. You reduce, only if you reduce and gotten, got rid of your anger can you attain never return the stage. After that you will not have anger. But don't wait until you attain that stage to rid, get rid of it. It will never happen. We have to get rid of first to be qualified to attain <laughs> never eternal stage. So, I think it is a very good idea to emulate, to follow the Buddha's example of being soft and gentle. There's a very popu popular uh, story uh, which you, you probably might have heard many hundreds of times. Uh, of a man called Akkosaka. Akkosaka was a, a man who was uh, full of anger. When he heard that the Buddha was not getting angry, he never believed it. So he said, uh, let me go and test him. He went to the Buddha and uh, for no reason he just went on scolding him, just to provoke him to see how angry Buddha would be. said all kind of uh, uh, things to the Buddha, calling him names and so forth uh, for a few minutes. Buddha was just sitting, listening to it. Then finally when this man exhausted his uh, dirty vocabulary, he stopped. Then uh, Buddha asked him very calmly, Mr. Do you have friends? He said, Yes, I have many friends. 
Do you visit them occasionally? Oh yes, very frequently I visit them. Do you take something with you to give them as a gift? Surely I never go empty-handed. I always take something with me to give them. Suppose when you give it to them, if they do not accept what you do do, I take home and use, enjoy myself with my family. Similarly, Mr. You gave me a gift, I don't accept it. It is all yours. <laughs> take home and enjoy with your family. <laughs> See the state of composure, peace that Buddha maintained. This is a very famous story. And he was able to do it because he, he was just like us at the beginning, practicing, 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 until finally not only this hindrance or, or it can even be a fetter, and not only that, all hindrances, all fetters remove this from his mind. So this is another thing to do. Remember the quality of the Buddha, wonderful qualities. And then we must remember the danger of anger. Uh, you probably might have heard or seen when people are angry, full of grudge, full of hatred, what they cannot do, what harm they cannot do. They can do any mean thing. They can kill people, they can rape, they can steal, they can beat, they can use very, very dirty, vulgar words, so many nasty things they can do. And quick temper is even worse. People get angry very quickly and they do something they even don't know what they do. They become temporarily insane. We have, you can see in the society people ask me, what shall we do when we go to the normal life or normal society? You can see these things in normal society. <laughs> that is called normal. Don't try to be that normal. Try to be abnormal like this. <laughs> uh, it is very, very dangerous. Dangerous to you, your family, your reputation, and for everything it is very dangerous. Uh, tiny, tiny little things. We, we make these suggestions not only for us friends, we are not that bad, but we may have uh, uh, our children. When they show up, they are temper tantrum. The parents have to be very, very careful and mindful to deal with them very gently and softly and kindly with very deep understanding how to make them quiet calm, peaceful, without using drugs. 
we can train them. If we always keep these sort of things in mind, we learn them to train ourselves, we already are tamed and trained, and yet our little ones need lot of guidance, lot of attention, lot of care, lot of patience, and parents, adults should have all these qualities in them to deal with them. So my purpose is not only for us here, few of us, but also my purpose is much my much loftier, greater. We want to bring this to the society and to our younger generations, to bring up our children in a very gentle, peaceful, good, happy, healthy, psychologically healthy people. Because they can get violent, they can get into violent society, violent company, and uh, follow their examples, and uh, they can become dangerous, and that will become a, a nuisance and problem to adults and parents and so on. Therefore, people who have little ones, uh, and they should keep these things in mind. Then, <coughs> instead of instead of persons, little little, uh, suppose you remember certain things somebody has done, and on that uh, harping on that, instead of doing that, we have to see the whole person rather than isolating that person's one incident or two incidents. See the whole person. Whole person is not that bad. Occasionally somebody, uh, sometimes due to certain uh, unfortunate uh, uh, situations, uh, somebody may flare up and get upset, and we uh, should not uh, isolate it and think that is that person is. That is one incident. But we have to take the whole person and think of all other good things the person has done and try to forget this uh, incident and situation. And then next thing we have to do when anger arises in us, we must look at it as an impermanent mental state. Anger is not permanent. It just like anything else. It arises and it passes away. Definitely it passes away. It does not stay all the time in us. You remember there are uh, five stages of dealing with all the hindrances. I mentioned them. First, we must become aware of uh, hindrances when, it, when, when they arise, and then we deal with them using our right effort, and then they disappear. Then again they can arise. Again we use right effort and let it go. When it <coughs> it is gone for the uh, fourth time, that the fourth step when it goes, uh, you remember that it is gone, and then you remember that it will it does not arise again. So these are the five stages to remember. Then. Uh, 
instead of uh, uh, harping on it, remember that it is impermanent. And also remember that this anger arises not in isolation, dependently it arisen. It is, it doesn't arise uh, on its, its own, by itself. There are some other uh, situations which uh, triggers this anger. That is, we have to think and understand dependent origination. This arises dependent on something else, not alone. <clears throat> then we think of uh, uh, your own uh, kindness. Uh, you don't destroy your kindness by letting anger take over you, letting anger make you uh, obsessed with anger. Then we must remember that every one of us, without any exception, will die. We don't want to die with anger, especially as we are growing older, some people, when they get older, get angry very quickly. Their children cannot take care of them because they are angry. Nurses cannot take care of them because they are angry. Neighbors cannot take care of them because they are angry. They always are very, very angry. I have heard many times even children telling me, it is impossible for me to take care of my mother. She is very, very mean. If we do not take care of our anger when we are strong and young and healthy, this can grow as we grow older. And therefore we have to be very careful when this emotion arises to take care of it, because we ourselves can get into that situation and somebody coming to take care of us will get frustrated, disappointed, and we'll, we will suffer even more. And therefore uh, we must remember one thing as we are getting older, we must try to remove our anger. If you do not do that, and if we die with anger, that will not be very good death. No death is good, but it will be very unhappy, miserable death. And that we have to remember. And uh, we don't have to blame anybody for anger. As I said, it is arises due to certain causes and conditions. When we take care of the causes and conditions, anger also fades away. Uh, and then you may avoid angry people and try to do some physical exercise when anger arises. Just if you cannot deal it with it right away, go for a walk. Do some physical Go do yoga. Do something physically to avoid situation. Especially go for a walk. That's a wonderful thing. Then when you are 
blood circulation goes on very smoothly and uh, sweating and so forth, come home and have a shower, your anger will, will no longer be there. Then <coughs> apply right effort, uh, the four-fold effort, and then always try to find a good friend to talk, what we call kalyanamitta. When you find a good friend to talk about your anger or the causes that uh, caused your anger, good friends will give you a very good advice. And that is a wonderful way to deal with anger. And then, you see, most wonderful thing to do is to listen to good Dhamma. Read good Dhamma book. Have a Dhamma discussion. If you don't have somebody to discuss Dhamma, pick up good Dhamma book. Go to internet, Google. You can find wonderful advices. So we have to use this. If Buddha were here today, he would advise everybody to use Google. get it to learn Dhamma, improve our knowledge, take care of our anger and so on. And um, that's a very good thing to do. Then another very beautiful thing is if you have studied something to chant, chant in your own language or in Pali, chant some Dhamma message. Chan Metta Sutta, discourse on loving friendliness, discourse, chant it, recite it out loud so that when you hear your own voice, enjoy your own voice, enjoy the meaning of what you recite, you are relaxed and you completely forget your anger. Uh, and also try to investigate Dhamma. When the mind is engaged in investigating Dhamma, you are so involved in the Dhamma that you completely forget about anger. So, and finally, there are many other things. Try to remember, try to be very grateful to someone who, with whom you are angry, grateful to the person for something that the person has done to you. Very tiny little good things maybe, and even then when we are grateful to the person, we will forget our anger. Then finally practice metta. When you are full of anger, don't try to practice metta. Do all the other things and reduce your anger, bring it to a very minimum level or let it disappear from your mind and then practice metta. Only then metta will work very wonderfully. So 
anger will no longer be there. I want to end this with a very tiny story that I like very much uh, of Venerable Sariputta. How he dealt with this. Sariputta, as you know, is one of the two chief disciples of the Buddha. Everybody talked about his patience and loving friendliness. So one day when the Sariputta was going on his arms round with his arms bowed in his hand, few people sitting by the road just chatting away, gossiping, and then they said, you know, that monk is very patient. He has a lot of compassion. He never gets angry. Then another person said, oh, what a nonsense. How can there be any, anybody without getting... Let me go and test him. He went behind and gave a big thundering blow to his back. Very hard blow. It was so hard that Sariputta was almost thrown few feet in front. Sariputta did not look at back. He continued his walk. This man felt so bad after giving such a huge blow, he even did not turn back to see who beat him. He was walking. This man felt so bad, he came in front of him and bowed down to him and said, Please forgive me. He asked him, Why? Because I beat you up. Or did you? That's all. That's it. Then this man felt even worse than before. He said, Please, if you really forgive me, come and have lunch in my house. Sadhguru said, Okay. He had lunch in his house. When he was having lunch, Sariputta heard outside big commotion because a lot of people heard about this uh, beating Venerable Sariputta. They heard it. They all came with a lot of missiles, rocks, clubs, sticks, and so forth, and shouting, Get him out! Get him out! Beat him! Get him out! Then Sariputta knew that this man is going to get into trouble. Sariputta, while eating, thought of a way to rescue him, the man who beat him up. So he thought, after eating, he gave his arms ball to this man. So when he was coming out of the house, these people said, Vendabal, sir, take your arms ball back. He said, why? Uh, we want to beat him up. Why do you want to beat him up? Because he beat you up. Did he? If he beat me up, I forgave him. He did not beat you up. You go home. I have already taken care of it. He did not take Sant ball, and this man went with Vendabal Sariputta with the ball, And these people dispersed, went home, Sariputta saved this man. 
So this is how when people practice patience, learn how to get rid of anger, react to situations like this. Tremendous, wonderful, awesome story. I like it very much because uh, uh, it is not very easy for anybody to do that, but not impossible. He did it. So, friends, uh, this is my uh, formal Dharma talk, last one. Finally, I must say, when all the hindrances are subsided, shaded away, disappeared, the mind is very, very clear and clean, you can gain jhana very easily. Getting rid of greed is like free from debts. Just imagine you have all debts, you have a lot of things to pay, all your credit cards are clear, all your house is paid, vehicles are free, completely paid, all the bank loans are paid, you are not owing one penny to anybody. How nice you feel! Getting rid of restlessness is just like being free from slavery. When you are a slave, you are obligated to do things always against your wish. Now you are free, you can do anything you like. Getting rid of doubt is like coming out of desert, come to the human habitat. There you can see the road, there you can see the people and water and so forth and so on. Very free. <coughs> Getting rid of anger is just like recovering from sickness. When you are recovered from sickness, you are so delighted to be healthy. Getting rid of uh, uh, sleepiness and drowsiness is just like coming out of jail. When you are in a jail, in, in a prison, you are confined to prison walls and no freedom. Now you come out of prison and completely free. Now you are free from desire, Restlessness and worry, anger, doubt, and uh, what? Uh, what I lost? Sleepiness and drowsiness. Free from all these things. Then your mind is very, very clear and clean, and then you continue your practice, and you can gain jhana very easily because you have additional qualification. In addition to getting rid of all these hindrances, you also have practiced metta. Then 
you have you are fully equipped, qualified, prepared to gain jnana. For this reason, I think it is very good for us to remember these things and see the way how we uh, attain it. It may not happen very quickly, but all these things will slowly line up and finally you gain jnana. I wish you success and uh, hope to see you again. This is my last Dhamma talk and tomorrow we close it and with some other activities. Thank you.